0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network Podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Rabon, and this is it, your NFL Week 1 betting preview, where we will talk about our favorite sides, totals, teasers, underdog money lines, and of course, crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread Bets with the help of of my co-host for our fifth consecutive NFL season, the one and only, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, the sharpest dude that I know, Stucky, Stuck, glad to be here with you again, bro bro, what's going on? It's good to be
1: back, it's a big year for both of us in the pod again last year, but and I thought I had a good year, had an amazing year. But last year's last year, who cares? Let's have another big year, starting off with week one. Can't wait to sweat out full Sunday slates with uh, all the listeners and yell about horrible pass interference and roughing the passer, body weight calls, and all the ups and downs that an NFL season brings. So yeah, I'm excited. Appreciate everyone back for another season. Love all the listeners. Uh, let's have another year.
0: Yeah, I do want to take a moment just to shout out all of the listeners. We feel the love, and uh, we hope to reciprocate once again by giving you guys and gals and everyone else some winners.
1: And if you're listening on YouTube, uh, subscribe, like. Those things really help us out, especially early in the year.
0: Yeah, And speaking of YouTube, as we kick off this Thursday Night Football uh, preview, uh, our pods this year uh, will be... On YouTube in full this year. So uh, be sure to check the Action Network YouTube channel. I know a lot of people have been asking for that.
1: And Sunday, six, this six pack will be during a happy hour, a new show between six and seven on YouTube. If you want to get it early, Wednesday nights, will have our six pack. That six pack and the rest, going through all the other games, our totals, teasers, Moneyline Dogs, et cetera, et cetera, all that will be out late night, Wednesdays as usual.
0: Week one. Thursday night football. It's not
1: the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football.
0: Kansas City, Detroit. Great matchup. We have the Chiefs down to a four and a half point favorite. The total is 52 and a half. And right off the bat, Stuck, I want to get your opinion on this line move because about 24 hours ago, the line was Chiefs by six and a half and the total was 54 and a half. So we've seen a two point drop with the news of Travis Kelsey hyper extending his knee, likely to miss this game. One part
1: of me says but I wouldn't even be shocked if Kelsey just does end up playing. Yep. This is a guy that over the past decade, he's only missed three games. They wrestled him twice in like this regular season finale, and then he had to sit because of COVID. But I assuming if he <laughs> was allowed, he would probably would have suited up. So we'll see if he can give it a go. Even if he's like limited. He it, he's just would be so important just in the red zone, right? Like you get down towards the red zone even if he is not at full speed. So <clears throat> we'll see. Maybe the Chiefs are going to take it cautious though, it is the beginning of the season. Also, this line move I think coincided with the fact that like there's just been no progress with Chris Jones. And Chris Jones is one of the few defenders that I think actually matters to the spread. I mean, maybe it's a half point, but he's so dominant. And this is a team that's star driven, right? I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, you have on the defensive side of the ball, it's Chris Jones, one of the best defenders and interior pass rushers really brush him from all over in the NFL. And why he's also even more crucial is that the drop-off to his backup is really, really big. And then in this particular matchup, you're going up against a really good offensive line that without Jones should be able to control the line of scrimmage. They should be able to consistently move the ball. We'll see if uh, Spagnola. I think that some of the keys to this game, Jones is worth something to the spread, small, and and so is Kelsey. So I had this, you know, projected at, between six and six and a half, right around there. But after adjusting, I'm close to five. So if you got it before the move, great. I'm not showing any value value now. And I'm conflicted on how this is going to play out. Like, I, Are the Lions going to go more run heavy? And they could have success doing that and just move up and down the field. Then it's going to come down to, the, does Goff make a mistake? Can he, can he execute in the red zone? Because I've, the, one of the keys to the game is, can Spagnola confuse Goff into a couple mistakes and then just bend but don't break in the red zone? If it keeps going any lower, I would consider the Chiefs. But it feels like with some of their key losses here, if they're up 10 late, (laughs) this game screams backdoor. So um, no interest from me, I will say. Shout out to a little plug for the Action Network app and uh, our friend and colleague, Sean Kerner. I'm not really a prop better, but I always bet the opening Thursday night football game prop that he puts out. So keep an eye on the app. I'll be putting that in as well. So I, I will have some action on this game. But nothing from a side or total perspective pre-game.
0: Yeah. Did bet the Detroit Lions way early in the offseason at plus seven. And then I hit it at plus six again because uh and this is why we do encourage people to to download the app as free, is because of things like this. I was able to look in the app and all the books are still showing six. The news of Kelsey injury had been announced, but all the books, you know, had come down to half a point, but I saw At one book, it was down to five and a half. And I'm like, oh no. Okay. So that's what we're doing. Like, if we're going through the key number of six, we're just going. And sure enough, you know, as we sit here today, it's at four and a half. So that's kind of one of the keys to betting. Uh, You get closing line value. And, you know, for all the new bettors out there, that is one of the ways that you should be essentially judging your results, you know, uh, not just by did you cover or did you not cover, but. What line did you bet versus the closing line?
1: If you're just starting out on a recreational bet, the easiest thing you can do to improve your ROI is get the best number that's out there, which you need to have multiple outs for. And you can check the Action number app to see which books are where. But that is the easiest thing you can do. Don't just settle and have one book because it's easy. Those half points, they will add up over time. Over time, when you start getting used to looking at the market, things like that, then you can start to pick up and, and you know, get, gather more intuition and, and reads on the market and, and get even better when it comes to CLV. But at least just get the best number that's out there.
0: If you're picking a side, I'm still going lines even at the four and a half. I, th- I don't think the Kelsey news is worth two points. And I, and I don't think they were adjusting for Jones because if they were, they wouldn't have, the total wouldn't have also come down exactly the same amount. We always give a lot of credit to Andy Reid for being able to prepare with extra time, and that's shown in terms of the Chiefs' performance in Week One. Uh, they put out massive point totals, as you mentioned, m- massive yardage uh, in Week Ones, especially with Mahomes. So this is short notice. If Kelsey's going to miss, or even if he's limited, whatever decoy, they're going to have to change things up on the fly here. It's a Thursday game, so um, that that could have some effect. But that being said. Uh, I I still would go plus four and a half with the Lions because I I, I always go back to that trend for the Chiefs where they have just really struggled to cover numbers bigger than a field goal. When you go back to November of 2020, the Chiefs are just 10 and 26 against the spread uh, in games where they are favored by more than a field goal and they don't lose many of them. They, but it's the NFL. A lot of these things are going to be a lot tighter than you expect. The Lions are a very good team. They're top 5 in offense last year, DVOA. Uh, again, you know, the Chiefs 8 and 0 over in their last 8 week 1 games under Andy Reid. That extends beyond just Patrick Mahomes starting. The totals in these games are absurd. 65 points last year, 69 in 2017. That was nice. You know, you have to go all the way back to 2015. You, you got a 47, a, a 27-20 Chiefs victory. That was Alex Smith. So still lean Lions even at the four and a half. Anything over a field goal, lean the over because I still would have this total at 54 and a half. The Lions are a live dog. No Chris Jones, and if there's no Travis Kelsey, those are, outside of my homes probably the two most key players on the entire Chiefs roster. So they have a very good chance of pulling the week one up. And that's not usually something I would say going against an Andy Reid coach team. This is a live dog situation. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart.
1: That, another yeah. reason why the Chiefs don't win these games and don't cover is they could be in a shootout, not get any stops. Then you have Mahomes with the ball down four late. And you have... You have a lot of confidence. He's going to get on the score. Touchdown! And win by three.
0: Exactly. Uh, let's let's get into what we've been waiting all off season for. Year five, the Action Network podcast. Let's crack open the very first Sunday six pack of two thousand and twenty three.
1: Thirsty for action. Let's crack
0: open the Sunday six pack. All right. So for those new to the pod, I'll just quickly explain what we do here. We have a draft of our top six spread bets for Sunday. We don't include the Monday night game or the Thursday game. So just all the Sunday games. So that's six bets a week, three each. Uh, We alternate uh, who goes first, two points for each of our top two picks, and then our third is worth uh, a single point. We also get a point if we hit our total, which will be in the next segment. You know where I'm going first. I've been high on this team all off season. Feels like I've been high on this team for years now, but this is the first time I'm really getting to exploit it because the market has finally cooled off on them and cooled off too much. And that is why, for the first pick of the Week 1 2023 Sunday Six-Pack, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans, plus three, at the New Orleans Saints. I'll start it off by saying, if you don't know Mike Vrabel's work, get familiar, because he will make you a lot of money as a better. Not only is Mike Vrabel 23-15-1, and 61% against the spread, As an underdog, not only is Mike Vrabel 22-9-1, 71% against the spread as an underdog by a field goal or more, Mike Vrabel has a winning record straight up as an underdog. 20-19, 51% are the Titans in games. They have been an underdog since Vrabel took over. As the head coach, one of my favorite coaches to back, and a perfect situation because the Titans finished 0-7 last year. A lot of recency bias. Well, just for the people that are kind of queasy about that 0-7 finish, let's let's break this down. First of all, from a a, a macro perspective, was 4-0 over season one win totals entering last year. The Titans' win total was nine and a half. They start seven and three.
1: As the reigning number one seed. in the As the ASA. reigning
0: number one seed in a year where they lost Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator, where Derrick Henry missed nine games and A.J. Brown missed four and part and most of a fifth. Number one seed, 12 wins, start seven and three last year. Okay. They become the most injured team in football and they just whiffed at, at their backup quarterback. You know, Malik Willis, a lot of people thought he wasn't ready and he was not. They got caught up and they lost games they shouldn't have lost. They had a game where he threw under, for under 100 yards uh, against the Texans and they lost. But four one score losses in that seven game losing streak and a fifth game that they punted completely and, and rested their with a depleted roster
1: and quarterback yeah. injuries.
0: And yeah, most of just the games lost, horrible injury luck. This team is pretty much the same old Titans. Now I'll say this. Hopkins gives them the best receiver they've had since A.J. Brown. Uh, The defense is healthy. Remember, it's still the top run defense by DVOA last year, even with all the injuries. Expect the defense to be good. Everyone's concerned about the offensive line, rightfully so. I'm concerned about right tackle. Left tackle, I think Dillard can hold up. He's allowed one sack on his last 261 pass blocking snaps over the over his last two years in philly he's really struggled in his first action as you know in 2020 he was drafted in 2019 not as confident in the right tackle but every team is going to have a blemish a concern but this is strong in all three levels of the defense henry's still chugging along still here early in the season so showed no signs of wearing down last year this is not an 0 seven roster this is not a seven and ten roster do not sleep on his titan team now the saints I think they're a little bit overvalued in the market because they're in a weak division and they're kind of that default team. Derek Carr is giving people confidence, a little bit skeptical of Carr. His four worst seasons as a pro were the four years, which he's been in year one of a new offensive coordinator system. Any efficiency metric you could think of, Carr's worst four years are in year one of a new system. So it's not just going to be a seamless transition. I don't even know if Carr is going to be able to replicate the numbers Andy Dalton put up last year. You know, Andy Dalton, everyone's like, oh, man, the Saints just had terrible quarterback play last year. Jameis Winston and Taysom. It's like, nah, Andy Dalton started 14 games and he was pretty solid. His numbers last year, better than any of Derek Carr's numbers in year one of a new system. Derek Carr, 22 and, and 40 in, in those years in a new system. Just above five hundred in all other years. So I do think there could be some some growing pains. Dennis Allen has a twenty-eight percent career winning percentage as a head coach, forty percent against the spread at thirty one and one. So the complete anti-Vrabel. I do not trust the Saints here. I think this I think the Titans are a better team. You know, a lot of people look at the Saints D. The Saints D got weakened. Ryan Nielsen, their D-line coach, went to Atlanta. Cade Ellis. Great. Gave him great play at linebacker last year. Went to Atlanta. Anya Mata. Went to Atlanta. Jordan. Demario Davis. Older. Got to slow down sometime. You know, Tyron Matthew. Like, they're relying on a lot of older guys. Taysom Hill even is is those mid-30s. Wouldn't be surprised at all if the Titans win this game by even more than one score. Love the plus three. I I make this number about minus one and a half. And that's mostly due... To home field advantage, uh, you know, all things being equal, uh, I, I have the Titans and Saints pretty much neck and neck, and the Titans probably a little bit better just because I I, I think they have an intangible edge uh, with Vrabel uh, at a head coach. That's a that's a mismatch Vrabel against uh, Dennis Allen. So yeah, starting off coaching, with the
1: Titans. I agree, coaching mismatch here. Vrabel had another study, he's fourteen six and one against the spread as a road underdog of three or more points. <laughs> that's seventy percent covering by almost five points per game this Tennessee front can generate pressure up the middle
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's really how you throw a car off and I think that'll ultimately be the difference you pick the Titans for your Sunday six-pack it would have been one of my picks so I was disappointed to see you pick it but it's all about for the net positive of the show so I completely agree here all right so for my first pick of the 2023 Sunday six-pack and the second overall I'm going with the Tampa Bay Bucks plus six at the Minnesota Vikings. Why not start the 2023 Sunday six-pack off with Baker Mayfield? I'm known for starting off with some ugly picks. This one might be up there uh, for the early weeks this season. I just think this number is a bit too high. Look, everyone knows by now the Vikings were fraudulent last year. Fraudulent 13 wins. They won every one-possession game, got every late bounce. And then they come into this year with, I think, a weaker roster, right? I think they're quietly rebuilding. They shed a lot of the veterans that they have, which I think were smart moves overall. But they're definitely less talented. That defense, I have a lot of respect for Brian Flores, but there's just not a lot of talent there. And what Flores is going to have to do to make up for that, and if you just go by his historical track record, he's going to blitz a lot. And contrary to popular belief, That's not necessarily how you beat Baker Mayfield. Mayfield actually has a better touchdown interception ratio in his career against the Blitz than not. How you beat Baker Mayfield is just get natural pressure and have defensive backs, and he's going to make mistakes. I don't think this defense is capable of doing that and taking advantage of a Bucs offensive line that lost some key pieces. They're moving worse to the left side. It is a concern for Tampa moving forward, but I'm not that concerned this For this particular matchup, I also really like the offensive coordinator hire. There was just some low-hanging fruit fixes for this Tampa Bay offense, especially on early downs. Mayfield has some familiarity with this scheme as well, has some good receivers that should be able to take advantage of a really, really poor and vulnerable Viking secondary. This could turn into a sneaky shootout, lean a little bit to the over, but the Tampa has the better defense here and they can keep up with Minnesota if need be. So I like taking the six points here. For what it's worth over the past 25 years, six-plus-point dogs in week one, covered at about a 60% clip. Kirk Cousins, everyone talks about what time he's playing. As a favorite of greater than four points, he's 11, 18, and one against the spread. That's 38%. That includes 7, 15, and one. 31.8% against the spread at home as a favorite. Of more than four points. I think this is too many points. I think Tampa Bay is being slept on a little bit too much, and this is a pretty good matchup for them, all things considered. I think this is close. Would not be shocked to see the Bucks pull off the outright upset, so give me Tampa Bay plus six as my first pick.
0: Love it. Another one of my look-ahead picks. Would have picked this one if you hadn't, so I guess we're even there. Not really a matchup that scares you for Mayfield. And, and the weakness of that of that Vikings team is the cornerback position. So Evans and Godwin, as long as they're healthy, uh, should be able to, to do some damage and keep the Bucks in this game. For my second pick and the third overall of the Week 1 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with, whew, man, the Cleveland Browns. Plus two and a half. Essentially just betting the on them. The worst week team. one team in the history oh, of the NFL. Oh, yeah. I hated it against Joe Burrow, who does nothing but cover. Nothing but cover. But this is what, this is what we got to do. Uh, take the value on the board. When I look at this Cleveland team, I don't see that much discrepancy between the talent on the Cleveland Browns and the talent on the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Browns did a lot of good things in this offseason to put them in position to compete in what is going to be a gauntlet of an AFC and, and especially AFC North. You got Zedarius Smith, Miles Garrett, Dalvin Tomlinson, big addition. Uh, yeah, they needed uh, that to help
1: that run defense, yep. which was very leaky.
0: Yep. Expect this pass rush to be improved. Expect the run defense to be improved for Cleveland. And Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, he's changing up the whole scheme. And there's a lot of talent here all over. The cornerbacks. It, now, the one thing to, to watch for: Denzel Ward More, concussion yeah. protocol. Um, that would be a blow. Not enough for me to get off the Browns uh, as a two-point, two and a half point home as, as a home dog, really. Period uh, in the spot. But that is concerning. That would knock a couple tenths off the uh, of my projection. I think I have it. Uh, Bengals favored by about a half half point or a point, something like that. But you got talent, on every level of this defense. Juan thornhill at safety you got delpit you got uh emerson you got uh newsome at corner mentioned gary you know all these guys so one of the big things with schwartz though he's allowing the talent to play under joe woods the previous defensive coordinator there was a lot of read and react and just, you know, guys just had to think more than I think they should have out there. And it led to some bad results and players didn't like it. And you could just see it, you know, and, and just, they just didn't have enough bodies on the interior against the run. So now all these things have been rectified. And how do you beat Joe Burrow? Kind of, kind of talk about this. I mean, this will be a recurring theme and pressure. I would say this, you're a new, better casual, better. And you want a thing to kind of pay attention to, to get an edge, focus on pressure, Which quarterbacks? You know, every quarterback's gonna be worse under pressure, but you know, which offensive lines are gonna give it up, which schemes are gonna be able to generate it, who's gonna be able to do it with just four, uh, you know, who's gonna have to bring blitzers, who can hold up on the back end, all those kind of things. That is one of the biggest edges that's really difficult to quantify, and a lot of times that stucky you and I end up talking about. And in this case, I think the Browns can get home with four. I Fort is aggressive, but I think he knows, you know, he's not stupid. He's not going to just all out Blitz Burrow. You're going to be able to get home, and that's how you get to Burrow. He takes sacks. That's why we see the Browns
1: had success in the past. Yeah, exactly.
0: Burrow. And that was with a much less talented defensive roster and a much, I would say, worse <laughs> defensive coordinator. So uh, that is essentially why I like the Browns. Obviously, Burrow gives them the edge at quarterback, but, you know, I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to have to do Anything special. I don't think he's going to have to put up 35, 40 points because I think this is going to be a defensive game. It's a divisional game and week one divisional underdogs that missed the playoffs the year before, you know, tend to be the market tends to undervalue teams like that. 55, 23 and two. 71% 71% against the spread or Week 1 Divisional Dogs that missed the playoffs last year uh, since '05, And in, in the first three weeks of the season, Divisional Home Dogs absolutely crushed 64% against the spread, 60-34 and 2 since 2005, according to our Action Labs data. So I am going with Cleveland plus 2.5.
1: Yeah, I love the Browns. This is my second pick that I had. He's, he stole another one from me. It's also worth noting, Joe Burrow might struggle out of the gates, right? For the third straight year, he's dealt with an issue, whether it was an appendix or knee or calf. Third straight year, he's missed time leading up to the season. The past two seasons, they've gone one and three over the first two games. And he hasn't been that good. I think he has the same amount of touchdowns and interceptions. They lost to Mitch Trubisky, Andy Dalton, and Cooper Rush were the three losses that Burrow suffered in the first two games. and. Look who they faced last year. Here are the quarterbacks they faced during the 13 win season. Mitch Trubisky, Cooper Rush, Joe Flacco, Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, Jacoby Brissett, PJ Walker, Anthony Brown. None of those quarterbacks, a bunch of them aren't even in the league anymore, are starters this year. They also faced Watson on his second game back. You even faced a backup in the playoffs when they, and again, they should have lost against Tyler Huntley and the Ravens. So, and this is a team that, look, has to replace three defensive back starters. And they have another one coming back from an injury who hasn't gotten much run of late. So maybe it gets to three, which I would love. So more harm in locking that in now, if you're listening. Wait for some news and see if this gets to three. But I agree. Love the Browns.
0: The NFL is back. So get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800- 270-7117 Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York.
1: For my second pick and the fourth overall of the week one Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers plus one. As always, make sure shop around, see if you can find a plus one and a half out there. I talked about this with you all off season. I'm way higher on the Packers than the market, and I'm lower on the Bears. Still not sold on Justin Fields and his accuracy. Well, he could prove it like Jalen Hurts did, but I need to see it. I like what I've seen from Love so far, although in limited sample size. But this Packers team, I think, just has a significantly better roster, better defense, way better offensive line, especially when you consider all of the juggling that Chicago has to do with some of the injuries that they've suffered and have, you know, even some guys that are going to play have been banged up during camp. This was a historically bad defense last year, historically bad offensive line. I don't think they've really fixed those issues. You know, maybe in the long term, the offensive line, I think, is going to be a little bit better. Hey, you, you went out and splashed with two linebackers. It's the least important position on a defense. I think the Packers can have some success here moving the ball. Last year, when they swept the Bears, by the way, they leaned on their ground game. I mean, they just ran all over the Bears. They can do that again. The Bears aren't really going to generate much pressure. That's a really welcome environment for a young quarterback making... His second career start, because he did cover as an underdog in Kansas City for what it's worth. Matt LaFleur is 13-4 and against the spread, 76.5%. As an underdog, I I just think the Packers are a better roster. I trust their defense. I trust their offensive line. And uh, I think the Bears, with these offensive line issues headed into this game, are in trouble. I think Green Bay gets the road win to kick off the season. Go, Pack, go. I know you disagree with this one. We're finally getting some disagreement.
0: I don't disagree as much as you probably think I do. I I think this game is largely a toss-up. I'm not down on the bears to the point where I'm ready to just say they're just going to blow week 1 at home, but I do have something else on this game. So, uh, I'll table this discussion, but uh, I don't I don't hate to pick. You know, a divisional dog, uh week 1, pretty evenly matched teams and uh you know, everyone Reminder: Wednesday practice reports do not matter. And last, we're talking about a Thursday game. Nothing. Wednesday practice reports. It's just got every team goes about it different. Some te- some guys just like to rest guys. Some guys just put everyone on to make sure they're compliant. So don't get. Caught up in those. Friday is the real important day. That's when you're going to start to see what's going on and what's going down. So um, I'm just saying that because I know Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, the Packers' top two receivers are on the injury report on Wednesday and they're not practicing. Oh my God. Doesn't matter. Green Bay Lazarus,
1: 67, if you exclude knees, 67 rushes for 381 yards in two meetings with Chicago. That's 5.7 yards per carry. The Chargers, who were the worst run defense in the NFL in yards per rush allowed. We're at five point four. Talked about field struggles. He really struggled against the Packers. He had zero touchdowns and three interceptions in those two meetings. In comparison, he had seventeen touchdowns to eight interceptions in the other thirteen games played. But I think Green Bay gets it done on the road.
0: I mean, you're telling me that the Packers have this big edge on on the ground and then you're you're complaining to me that the Bears spent money on the linebackers. I mean it's like one of, the, you know, like there's got to be a little bit of meeting in the middle. Like the linebacker should help that run defense out. at the very week. The
1: Bears run defense should be a little better, but uh, I don't think they're going to completely shut down the Packers ground game here. I also don't think the Bears are going to be able to generate pressure. And I only bring up those two points because those are two really important crutches on the road for a very young quarterback. Pieces that they have to shuffle around. I mean, whenever you're trading for Dan Feeney, I know it's probably to provide <laughs> some depth. It's it's not not uh, in great shape. Uh, yeah. Where are you going next?
0: Yeah, not not yeah, I don't want to see Cody White here in the middle of my interior line. I'm, I'm not even gonna disagree with you there. But uh, I am going to close out the six pack for myself with the my third pick, the fifth overall of the week one Sunday six pack. And let's get super ugly here. This is a Action Network Sunday six pack kind of staple kind of pick because it it's ugly, but I I think the numbers too large. And that is the Houston Texans plus ten at Bet MGM at the Baltimore Ravens. I know the Ravens have been very good for the most part in week one under Harbor. They are eleven and four against the spread, so let's get that out of the way now. And I still think this number is too big. It's it's hard to cover. 10 points in the NFL, because now you're talking about a a touchdown, a field goal, and then another score. Really, this is about me just wanting to get ahead of the fact that I think the market is a little too low on the Texans. We both believe the Colts are the worst team than the Texans and that the market doesn't seem to agree. People might not realize that the Texans are no longer tanking. Whether they were right about Stroud or not, they went ahead and then they packaged their first round pick next year. For Will Anderson, an edge rusher. So they're trying to do a, a rebuild rather than a tank, and they're trying to do a, like a speeded up rebuild. But like they want to be more competitive, is what, is what I'm getting at. You know, they signed Jimmy Ward at safety. They signed Sheldon Rankins uh, on the D line. When you look at this Texans roster up and down, I would say Laramie Tunsil is probably the only elite player. But compared to years past, I'm not really seeing a lot of. Starters anyway for the Texans, that I'm like, oh my god, this guy's completely terrible. This guy is trash. It's a black hole. They're just playing him because they're tanking. Like the it's a higher floor team than we've seen out of the Texans. I happen to have a lot of respect for Domico Ryan's rookie head coaches in their first road game have crushed it against the spread. So if you wanted kind of a, a counter trend to the to the Harbaugh uh, doing well in Week One since 2002, rookie head coaches 56, 39, and two. Fifty-eight percent against the spread in their first road game. This is a time you want to fade Lamar Jackson, who I think I, I love the fact that they're going with a, a more pass-heavy approach. But you know, first game in a new first game in a new scheme. You know, coming off an injury last year, a little bit of a weird offseason. But Jackson is a perfect five and zero against the spread as an underdog over the past two seasons. As a favorite, five and fourteen. 26% against the spread, including one and 11 when favored by more than a field goal. Like this is, if this trend keeps up, the Ravens are going to be the new chiefs where, okay, they, they're a very good team. They should probably win a lot of games, but anytime they're favored by more than a Justin Tucker, fade them. I know you are a Ravens fan and you always have a lot of intel. So from my vantage point, I have this more as in the eight-ish range.
1: If I had to bet this, I probably would go Texans. The loss of Marlon Humphrey is huge for the Ravens' defense. He allows the, their defense to do so many things. You know, they don't have a great natural edge rush. They use a lot of disguise and uh, simulated pressures and bring pressure from different places. That's big. The one thing that concerns me though is you know you have a, a rookie quarterback, which, but for what it's worth, and rookie quarterbacks to start in Week One have gone 15 and 13 against the spread over the past 20 years. So, uh, but what would concern me is. Stroud on the road in a hostile environment with an offensive line that has six guys on IR and Titus Howard is probably not going to play. They're signing guys, trading for guys that are going to start like within the last week. So the offensive line, how will it hold up is a major question mark for me. But I'll have more to say about this later on the podcast when we talk about our favorite totals for a little teaser. But I'll, So I'll, I'll just close out the 2023 week one Sunday six with my third pick in the sixth overall my first four that I had that I wanted to go with were the Browns which you took the Titans which you took and then I was able to get two of mine in the Packers and the Bucks so the other game that I show some value on and I'm going to bet it it's the Indianapolis Colts plus five, a team that I'm super low on for this year, but high on them for this spot. This is the AFC South special, by the way, the <laughs> team that's supposed to suck in week one. Yep. Pulls the outright upset over the team favored to win the division. Yep. There's a couple things. Look, I, number one, I think Jacksonville's a bit overrated coming into the season. They had everything bounce right last year. I know their offense took off in the second half of the year. By the way, they started passing a lot, going faster, and the Colts might pass a lot here. and. They were using some tempo, so this could be a sneaky over. But the Jags' secondary is terrible. Their defensive front, Seven's dealing with a number of different injuries for a team that had no injuries last year, one of the other things that really went well for them. But with the Colts, there's no Jonathan Taylor. I think that might actually work in their favor here. right? You have a new new head coach, pretty sharp offensive mind, and then you have a a new quarterback. Don't really know what we're going to see. Overall, but they can really attack this poor Jacksonville secondary. And I think that they're going to be able to score. I think that Richardson's eventually going to struggle. And this Colts team, look, the defense is bad. Jacksonville should be able to put points up on them. But this is just a sneaky. We talked about how successful home dogs have been, especially within division in week one. I think this line is just a tad too high in a game where it might just be back and forth throughout. And I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, the Colts get a win here and then they lose, like, their next seven. So I think at plus five, there's some value in the Colts. So that's where I'm going for my final pick of the Week 1 Sunday six-pack. Let's sweep the board.
0: Yes, sir. I, I was, I'm was i glad you took this because I did want to hear your opinion on it because this was a game I kind of struggled to, to handicap a little bit. Uh, I'm just da- I'm down on both of these teams, but really down on the Colts. Uh, but the one thing with Jacksonville that's kind of made me hesitant to back the Colts, even though they are, you know, these, these spots have been money is they didn't fire Gus Bradley somehow. Like somehow Gus Bradley is back again, three straight bottom 10 finishes for three different teams. And the Colts are the ones to bring him back yet again in a week that's going more and more too high. He's still running his cover one, cover three, single high. Trevor Lawrence just eviscerated that last year. But to your point, that second matchup when Lawrence went 20 of 22, Colts won that game, 34-27. And that kind of speaks to my concern with Jacksonville. Don't think the defense is great. Yeah, in division many. week one yeah, with a bad day.
1: Uh, give me the points and uh sneaky overlook. That Joe.
0: that is uh, that's, might be uglier than my Texans, pick. Bucks, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Bucks, Colts, and Packers. Uh I like it. Let's go.
0: I like it. I got the Titans plus three, the Browns plus two and a half. Could wait. Uh, see if you get a plus three. I mean, I'd rather wait, and get a plus three and risk going it going down to two. And then, uh, than not again, stuck has Tampa Bay plus six, green Bay plus one, the Colts plus five. I have the Titans plus three Browns plus two and a half Texans plus 10. All right. That was our Sunday six pack for week one. And now it's time for our coaches pep talk. You keep playing the way you're playing. We're going to get a ass beat again tonight. And it stops right now. This week's Coach's Pep Talk comes to us from actor Kevin Dunn from the fake documentary Any Given Saturday Afternoon. And let's dedicate this to the Arizona Cardinals because everyone expected them to just roll over, but they're not even the longest spread on the slate. That would be the Texans. So... Uh, Let's dedicate this to the Cardinals It wouldn't completely shock me to see them pull an upset. I'll dedicate it to Arizona. We are fighting a global fight for a share of people's TVs. We
1: need to make this sport more exciting. You are not losers. You are not dorks. You don't suck. What you do is not... Stupid and worthless. And I don't give a shit who tells you that. I don't care if it's your kids, your wives, your parents. You go up and you tell somebody you're an athlete. That asshole shouldn't be laughing. It's going to be the greatest underdog story in the modern sports era. Now that is a hell of a story.
0: All right. Best of luck to the Arizona Cardinals. And Stucky, you and I... to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make get getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your very favorite team's colors. Find tickets today, Ticketmaster.com slash NLL. All right, time for our favorite total of the week. Where are you going?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens-Texans over 435 half. I'm watching the market, I haven't put this in yet, because I want to see if a 43 pops. Kind of a key number, especially after the new extra point rule when it got pushed back gave give you more key. But obviously, like a 23-20, you know, it's, it's important. So I'm waiting. I'm taking a little bit of a gamble. Like We talked earlier about, is this going to be an explosion for the Ravens' offense early, or is there going to be some rust? I think they're going to have success early on with the element of surprise. And I also think the Texans are going to have – More offensive success than many think, even with some of the offensive line issues, because the Ravens don't have Marlon Humphrey. And I cannot stress how important he is to everything that the Ravens want to do on defense, especially when you consider what their cornerback depth is currently, right now. It's not great, and they don't have natural edge you know, pressure that they can generate to really give Stroud trouble. So I think that they're going to be aggressive here to try and make up for the loss of Humphrey. And, you know, that might lead to some mistakes for Straub, but I think it's also going to lead to some explosive plays. His mobility will help here, too, with some of the offensive line juggling that Houston is dealing with right now. You also have two reliable kickers, which doesn't hurt when you're talking about a total that's below 45. So, yeah, I think the Ravens get to 30 here, 27-30. I can I think I can trust this Texans team to get to seventeen to twenty. So give me the over forty-three and a half in Charm City. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you.
0: I am going with an over as well, so this might be the only time all year we have two overs, but (laughs) it's week one and this is the time to kind of bet on, you know, teams you think are over undervalued in the market, maybe offensively or overrated defensively or, or whatnot. So uh, I am going to go with the over forty two and a half in the Packers Bears game. It Comes down to a couple of things. The first one is uh, I do agree with you that you know this the the Bears defense still not going to be too great, and especially in Week One. I like the Packers matching up against this Bear defense uh, on the ground. I think they should still. Have success and uh, assuming health to the wide receivers, uh, I do think uh, you know Watson is talented enough to to beat the, these Bears corners as is Dobbs. You know to have uh, Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave, so you have the element of surprise there with a couple of rookies and and Musgrave in particular. You know he can he can do some things in the seam at, at tight end and, and down the field. Uh, Reed is more of an underneath guy, but uh, you know
1: he, he looked pretty good in the preseason. Yeah, very advanced, advanced route runner for, for yeah. a rookie in the slot.
0: Right. So I I do, I think the the Packers will be able to run. I think they'll be able to, to throw. Uh, So I I think they'll be able to move the ball uh, up and down the field. And even though the bears, yes, they're going through some things uh, on the offensive line. I I, I do believe in Justin Fields. I do think that uh, he is going to take a step forward uh, this year. And I think his explosiveness combined with the fact that I'm really not a big believer in in Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator of the Packers, you know, every year this team has more and more talent on the defensive side of the ball and they keep finishing outside the top 20 in defensive DVOA. So will the Packers, you know, get some sacks? Probably. Uh, Will they get some stops? Probably. But I do expect the bears to be able to run the Packers. uh, We're one of the worst run defenses a year ago. That seems to be a trend. Uh, for them, but I, I do think Fields will will just take a step forward uh, with the improved weaponry all around. You know, more guys will be open. That should lead to uh, fewer sacks. That should allow him to get rid of the ball uh, quicker. And this guy can still run, and he's still going to kind of create off schedule plays. Uh, whether you think the Bears win or lose, uh, I think you can count on Fields for some off schedule plays. But uh, so I do expect both offenses to have some success. I, I think it was important for the Bears, you know, to get. Mooney back uh, from injury, and you know, they have Claypool and you know, Tyra Scott, so they have some upside uh, at receiver. Even if I don't know if Moore is going to be a massive factor in this game, I, I'm expecting you know uh, Jair Alexander to be more involved than he was last year in Week One when Justin Jefferson went crazy. But who knows? Uh, but uh, I do think the Bears' supporting cast overall uh, gives them a much better shot here. I think they I think they'll be able to run the ball, but. Another reason I like this over is because I do expect both of these quarterbacks to turn the ball over. So you can see some short fields. Jordan Love at every level, whether it's been the NFL regular season, interception rate about three and a half in a small sample. I think it's about 100 throws or so. Uh, The preseason, another 100 or so. Uh, Also about a three and a half interception rate. The league average is like the low twos, 2.2, usually 2.3. Uh, and then in his final year at college at, uh, what was it, Utah State, he led the entire nation, uh, D1, D2, D3, everybody, in interceptions. And uh, so this guy has turned the ball over. This is one of the youngest pass-catching corps in recent memory. I, I can ever remember, you know, Watson's year two, Reed's year one, Dobbs is year two, Musgrave's a rookie. Uh, and then Jordan Love has limited experience, so I do think there could be some miscommunications here. I do think there could be some mistakes, some turnovers, and the same is true on the other side with, with Justin Fields. You know, um, maybe he forces it. You know, with Jair Alexander, uh, maybe it's you know sack fumbles, maybe it's just you know more of the bad decision making that we saw last year, and maybe you know it's, it's going to take some time for him to uh, develop fully. But uh, I do think that you see turnovers. Uh, on both sides here so turnovers uh underrated offenses defenses that i'm still a little iffy about uh and a pretty low total i know it's a divisional game but uh i have this at about 44 and a half 45 so uh i am about two points over this over this number and i I would expect it to go back to 43 once uh you know if if watson and dobbs are good but yeah going over 42 and a half bears don't mind it uh and and one thing i should also mention probably are going to get some some weather in most of the outdoor games so that is also something to monitor uh you know maybe hold off on on some of these over bets until get a better grip of the forecast but i'm seeing rain and wind uh, across a, a lot of these uh outdoor games so that's something to think about uh to recap stuck going texans ravens over 43 and a half i'm going packers bears over 42 and a half Let's go to our favorite teaser of the week. Oh yeah. Six point teasers. If you don't want me to don't tease me, don't tease me. Try to me. Yeah. Alright, for those unfamiliar, teasers are when you get uh, an additional amount of points. To parlay between two spreads, usually the standard is a six-point teaser, which means uh, if you have a two-team six-point teaser and you tease an eight-point favorite, they become a two-point favorite. An eight-point underdog would become a fourteen-point underdog. So that's how teasers work. And uh, Stuck has some great content out there. You can uh, Google my it. Week
1: one NFL piece uh, on the app, or going over my fair plays. Also, have a teaser section going over all the math and uh, all the teaser tip so make sure you check that out
0: yep so uh just go right into it where you going with your teaser?
1: yeah so the ideal teaser spots my favorite teaser teaser i put in the app involves the monday night game jets from two and a half to eight and a half and the steelers from two and a half to eight and a half for the sake of the show if you in if you just wanted to put a teaser in for sunday i'll go with the browns from two and a half to eight and a half and pair them with the steelers i think in the case of the jets and the steelers and also with the Browns, the pressure that they can generate is going to be massive in the Steelers' case, which we'll talk about that game since that's on Sunday. We haven't talked about it yet. Bosa just got signed, for what it's worth. He just signed his deal. But it doesn't look like Kittle's going to play, which is fairly important. But the biggest question on this 49ers team is their offensive line. And the Steelers' defense and that defensive front can pose serious problems for Purdy and company. And I think Pittsburgh can keep this at least within one possession. And if they can cause enough havoc, like we saw in a number of week ones recently, the Steelers pull off upsets at the Bills uh against the Bengals last year. Tomlin, we know has success at underdog fifty one twenty seven and three against the spread as an underdog, most profitable of all one hundred and forty three coaches in our Action Labs database since two thousand three. He's also right right around eighty percent. When teased six points as a dog. Shanahan struggled as a favorite, pretty conservative at times, which doesn't help his case. So, Steelers, I think, keep this with one possession at the minimum. Uh, Tease them through the three and seven along with the Jets on Monday night. If you want to go all Sunday, throw in the Browns.
0: Yeah, uh, I like that. I was initially going to go with uh, the Raiders, but looks like they're up to three and a half and I don't really need to tease that from three and a half to nine and a half. So I'm going to go, I'll just, I'm going to, I'll go back to the Browns. I'll tease them up from two and a half to eight and a half for our teaser as well. And uh, I'll pair them with the commanders from seven down to a point against the Cardinals. Do think, you know, seven is a lot of points, but at the same time, I still do expect Washington to, to have enough defensively. Uh, to be able to, to to hold off this Cardinal team, a little bit worried about Sam Howe, but I, I do think Washington's able to get the get the win here, so I'll tease him down. It helps it looks, it looks point. like
1: McLaurin's going to play, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. So And it's this Cardinal roster, I mean, they've been trading away guys left and right, so it's, you know, if the Commanders can't get this done. They're going to be in for a long season. Let me just recap it. Stuck, you got the Browns. Uh, Up from two and a half to eight and a half, paired with the Steelers. Up from two to eight. Oh no, they're at two and a half as well now. So uh, both of those teams, you're getting plus eight and a half, and then which is great because now now you're you know it's more than a one score game. And I'm going Washington from seven to one, paired with the Browns as well, uh, up to from two and a half up to eight and a half. But uh, before we move on to our money line underdog parlay, uh, why don't you tell the people about uh, something really cool that we got going on over at the favorite podcast. All
1: right. Oh, I want to I- remind everybody about our friends, Chad and Simon over at the favorites podcast, running a totally free NFL pick'em contest this year, five picks against the spread every week. And they're going to pay out $120,000 in cash prizes with 40 K to the winner paying out 3000 every week to the top five, and costs nothing to join. So well, there's zero reason not to join. Just go to favorites.actionnetwork.com. That's favorites.actionnetwork.com and sign up. I promise you joining a $120,000 contest for $0 is plus EV. That's favorites.actionnetwork.com to sign up.
0: All right, let's go to our... Moneyline Underdog Parlay. So for this one, what we do is we both choose a Moneyline Underdog. We parlay them together. So I know listeners out there love their parlays. I get it. It's a great way to come up quick, but you can also bet these individually if you want. Uh, or not at all if you're not feeling them. But uh, we have had a pretty good track record in, in hitting these, uh, especially you. I know you went on a tear at one point last year. So uh, let's go and uh, try to keep it going for 2023. Who do you like for your money line dog in week one? Yeah, let's go with the Dolphins at the
1: Chargers. We don't really have much of a home field advantage. I show some value in this line, and I like all the uncertainty. That's one of the things that I I'm always going to look at with a. Moneyline, underdog. I probably would have played the Dolphins if I wasn't worried about some of the injuries. Armstead at tackle. He came back to practice. Waddle's been dealing with injury. He did come back to practice. But there's some injuries here I'm a bit worried about. But this is a really fascinating game just from an adjustment standpoint. And we're going to see the Chargers' new offense, what that looks like. And so there's some uncertainty there. Maybe there's some growing pains. Maybe it's just an exposure from the start. But also we have the Dolphins who are going to make their adjustments from what the Chargers did to them to completely shut down their offense, threw off everything that they wanted to do, kind of provided the blueprint for the rest of the league until Tua got hurt on what to do, right? Getting up, pressing these receivers, throwing off the timing, getting hands and bodies in the middle of the field. Now it's week one against that same team for Mike McDaniel, who we're going to see the adjustments here. Right? And an important game for both teams. It could, could could end up deciding a wild card. So I think there's a lot of uncertainty here. Not much home field advantage. Two teams I don't have too far apart. With, so with that uncertainty, give me the Dolphins money line.
0: I'll go for my money line dog with good old reliable Pittsburgh Steelers. Plus 115 at BetMGM. The Steelers are at home. You, know, you talked about it. Uh, at home, facing a, a Niner team that could be a little bit uh, out of sorts. You know, Bosa's just now getting back to camp. Kittle, banged up, may not play. Brock Purdy, you know, first real action coming off that injury. I know he played some in the preseason, but. Ra Ra spot for Tomlin. That's yep. pretty much all you have to say. Ra Ra spot for Tomlin. What?
1: A Ra Ra Mike Tomlin spot. We
0: win the game with this crew of bodies right here today. Bring y'all a game today. Now nah, I think it's it's not because the Niners are a very good team, you know. And I think people are going to be like, you know, how, Niners they went thirteen and four. They were, Purdy didn't lose until he got hurt. Uh, how are the Steelers going to beat them? But the Steelers oh, have talent on all three levels of the defense. Uh, have uh, I think the offense is going to be better. I think Pickens breaks out this year. Uh, I think the offensive line will be solid. I Think Pickett, Pickett takes a step forward. So yeah, love the Steelers in this spot. Mike Tomlin is to your point 14 and eight straight up 64% as a money line home dog eight and three over the past five seasons. That's a, that's a underdog eight and three straight up as an underdog over the past Incredible. five seasons. Win this game, bro. Straight up win this game. It's, it's really nuts. And, You know Tomlin is going to get this team up. You know, we don't got a chance. This is a team that most people pick it to go to the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. I I don't doubt that this Steeler team will be ready. I hate, I kind of hate it though, because they're getting so much hype after preseason, which is meaningless.
1: I don't really need validation. I just think it's difficult to box without sparring. Sharpen
0: our sword for the battle. This is still a a good spot to, to back the Steeler's here. All right, so plus 115 for the Steelers against the Niners, plus 135 for the Dolphins at the Chargers. You get a parlay odds of just over 4-1, to so uh, plus 405 is the uh, exact odds, so nice little return. Let's go now to games that we haven't covered in any other segment but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you, and you know who I mean. Carolina at Atlanta, Falcons favored by three and a half, I'm in line with that number, uh, don't really know where to go as far as the total, it's at 39 and a half, uh, I'm down on Carolina and Frank Reich, uh, 0-4-1 against the spread in week one, so I, I hate laying three and a half. I, and, and divisional favorites are terrible in week one, but I'm just high in Atlanta and low in Carolina. So on principle, if I was going to pick a side, I probably would still go Atlanta, but I don't want any parts of this three and a half. I'm just going, maybe I'll have a prop or something in this game. But uh, I, my thing is I just don't, I don't, I don't trust Reichs. So like this is not one of those divisional dogs that I want to, that I want to back. What about you?
1: Yeah, you'll hear a lot of trends about the Colts of week one, but a lot of that can be attributed to Reich, right? Yep. a different Colts team, and uh, I would agree. The Falcons are not a team I'm looking to back as a favorite of over three points, so maybe I'll have the money line or something uh, or look for it live. But I do think they get it done, but pretty close to the market here, so pass.
0: Yeah. It should be an interesting game. Bijan. Bryce Young, a lot of, a lot of things going on. I want to get the here. game
1: for Falcons futures. That you got to beat the Packers Panthers at home.
0: Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Got got some division futures uh, on, on Atlanta, so yeah, that. If, if Tennessee can win against the Saints and the Falcons can beat the Panthers here, I got yeah. the Panthers to win total under two, so yeah. Yeah. I do probably – maybe I will take some money line here. But uh, next up, uh, we got the Eagles going to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. The Eagles are four-point favorites on the road. The total is 45. Total – Seems a little high for me, but then, you know, uh, Eagles defense probably takes a step back. And uh, Patriots defense, as good as they are, tended to struggle against mobile quarterbacks. So I don't really know what to do with this game. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'm right in line. I mean, you could talk about the Belichick trends for days, but a lot of them were with Brady. The fact of the matter is, he's 25 and 25 overall, straight up since Brady left. Um, I'm curious just to watch the coaching in this game, right? Like the Patriots have a staff, the Eagles have new coordinators, so we're going to see what impact that has early on. Creates a lot more uncertainty. Maybe Matt Patricia will have an impact here. He's now yeah. with the with the Eagles, but I'm pretty in line with the market. I would actually lean under, like you brought up with that eat that Patriots game against the Bears. Petrifies me and how they played against just fields running wild. And but I would expect Belichick to have a good defensive game plan here with, you know, all off season to prep for the Eagles on the other side of the ball, the the Eagles defense should match up pretty well here. They can get pressure on the and and really test those New England tackles, which is one of their weak points and they don't really have breakout receivers that you can trust to make plays. So, uh they should be able to get pressure. The Patriots know this. They're probably going to go a little run heavy. Um and I I trust the Patriots defensive game plan for this game, so I would lead under here.
0: Is an interesting stat. The Super Bowl loser is just four and eighteen against the spread in Week One. Uh, over the following twenty two seasons, just eighteen percent against the spread. So, uh, if if anyone is out there looking to bet this game, probably probably got to win. We uh, New England here. Um, Rams at the Seahawks. I I thought I was going to be on a Rams and and Cooper Cup. I yeah, no I, cup is just uh, huge, and then you're back
1: in that that horrendous defense and uh, there's no cup and yeah. I, I can't lie with the seahawks i'm now pretty close no. to the market and i would have considered the rams maybe as a money on dog or playing them but no cup is a pass
0: i mean if i had to take a side i'd still go rams because you still got matthew stafford he'll still he'll throw the ball complete passes i mean he'll just beat a guy's like tutu two, two atwell and van jefferson and remember the seattle team only beat the rams by like four points and i think it was three four
1: backup quarterbacks with all their backups. Yeah.
0: but now we're talking about the defense and the like, defense that, is so much worse yeah and that's going to be an issue because i i happen to think the seattle offense i i think gino can build on what he did last season uh so and you get the
1: jigbo is going to play now and yeah, cup not
0: probably be it's limited big. but yeah um cup yeah. being
1: out is huge so no no thank you so on the
0: rams. so big so especially the rams lost they're top six guys in terms of defensive snaps and the number eight uh, and number 12 guys. So it's, I mean, this is bad, 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 bad. Uh, yep. Dallas at the Giants. Uh, the Giants are, oh, I don't, I don't even know if we said the, the number. Uh, the Seahawks were favored by, are favored by five and a half, the total 46 uh, in that one. Um, maybe, maybe an over, but uh, I don't know how I feel about the Rams offense. Uh, it could be raining. Um, Dallas at the Giants. That is the Sunday night game. Should be a good one. Giants, three-point underdogs at MetLife. The total, 46 and a half. Uh, somehow, some, somewhere along the line, I think, like, I don't know if it was Sharps or some, somebody, everyone just starts to sour on the Giants a little bit. Uh, I, three and a half, I'd be tempted to, to take the Giants. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be good again this year i think you know year 2 of the dabo system uh i think Waller, not going to have like a Stephon diggs um aj brown type impact on daniel jones but i i think it'll be a little closer than people think to that type of impact um i think jones is very good i think the i think the the line has some upside to improve uh i think the secondary uh has you know could surprise some people i think there they, there's better plays there than people think and they, they can uh rush the passer at that front so i don't think the Gi- the giants is uh gonna kind of get rolled by the but i'm also high on the cowboys this year um so yep. uh it's kind of tough at three i'm not doing anything with it three and a half i'd be tempted what about you
1: yep same and uh we'll have this game written up with we- you and i will yep. be splitting the primetime game sunday and monday night so i should value the giants or in the week nothing as of now but have a couple more days to formulate my thoughts, see where the market goes, maybe find a prop or something. So we'll have that game written up, share all of our thoughts, but nothing as of now. Oh, before we forget, you were going to tease the Raiders, so we didn't get, but you didn't. So we didn't get to that game. Raiders, Broncos. I know you didn't like anything here. I actually would lean taking the points I'm very low on this Broncos team. I don't like the offensive coordinator. I think Russell Wilson has washed, and they're dealing with just a ton of injuries, right? I mean, they have injuries across the board on defense, number of guys on IR, even Williams at running back, Judy, a wide receiver. It's it's definitely a, a mash unit coming into this game, which is going to make things a little more difficult for Denver, and I'm not sure they can take advantage of a weak Raiders secondary. But the Raiders also have some issues. I mean, Chandler Jones doesn't want to play for them anymore. Who knows what we're going to get from that offense post-car. So little, little lean to the Raiders here. Don't even mind a little shot on the money line with all of the injuries the Broncos are dealing with, even the right tackle. McGlinchy, who hasn't really seen much action over the past few weeks. I think they expect him to play, but who knows if we'll be – up to game speed and up to speed with the playbook going up against Max Crosby. So there could be some issues here for Broncos team. I'm not very high on, but I don't love the Raiders division dog though would lean that way, but passing as of now.
0: That is going to wrap it for our week one action network podcast presented by bet. MGM, the king of sports books. You can hear more, uh, of, uh, Uh, of myself with Kerner talking fantasy on the the flex pod. And and of course, stuck talking college ball on the big bets on campus pod on Friday morning. Stuck is on X at Stucky two. I'm at Chris Raybon and we are at those same handles on the free award winning. And so very, very essential. uh, If you really want to take your betting game to the next level Action Network app. Go download it. It's great. No cap. Till next time, let's get this money. Let's go.
1: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.